Welcome, Whovians. This is Woke Doctor Who. This podcast is about race and representation in Doctor Who. If that's not where you're here, bye. But if you are here for passionate discussions about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., then allons-y. If your kids are any younger than kind of teenaged, this is probably not the place for them. We're not promising to be tame in the future, you guys. Okay, so this is at least a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) At least. Everybody, this is Toya and Eugenia. Welcome back to Woke Doctor Who. <laughs> Today's oh, do you want to? So okay, so I just have to say, um, okay, so this is a this is a little bit more of an unusual recording for us because we already did this once, just like twenty minutes ago. But we had something go wrong with the recording, so we're gonna try to recapture the magic just a little bit. <laughs> and hopefully we can we're hoping because you know it's like <laughs> lightning magic. in a bottle like you're it never really gonna was. catch it again but yes that's okay so this episode we're going to talk about one of our favorite side characters in the Hooniverse, captain jack harkness yes captain jack yes our lovable sex positive god for the ages <laughs> <laughs> So let's just start with a quick overview of, you know, his character bio. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's not bad that we have to redo this because I feel like I, I rambled a little time, <laughs> a little bit the first time. <laughs> so anyways, so we first meet Jack with um, Chris Eccleston yes. and Nine and Rose. Yes. And so um, we encounter him as um, what I kept calling a time cop. Which is not a time cop. It's a time agent. Time agent. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah, so, um, in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel, I don't even feel like doing this whole thing again. And right. then, so then we see him again. So, so we see him again with nine. Yes. At the end of nine's run, mm-hmm. um, with, uh, the TV show. Yeah. They wound thing. up on the BBC in space. Yes. BBC, kind of episode. Evil BBC in space. Yes. Um, and then after that, we encounter him again with 10, don't we? Yes. When was that? We encounter him, um, oh yes. So we encounter him actually at the beginning of the master. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yep. And then at the end of the previous episode, Evil BBC in Space, mm-hmm. um, he becomes immortal because yes. Rose has eaten the TARDIS or something. Yeah. She, <laughs> she became one with the TARDIS yes. or something like that. And, um, then he's immortal and they don't know. And then mm-hmm. when they encounter him again, um, he meets Martha mm-hmm. and sees Ten's new face and is completely unfazed. Right. Like he just sort of went, well, big blue box, big blue box. So yep. I assumed. Yep. Um, and so, uh, yes, then we encounter him again, um, at the end of Ten's run, mm-hmm. don't we? Yes. At which time he gets to meet everyone. Yes. So he meets Donna, mm-hmm. he meets, um, Sarah Jane. Yes. He meets everybody. Um, and thereafter, 
because he's too awesome to be contained. That's right. This one, as a side character within this one show. That's right. Him and his gloriousness get their own yes, show. Yes, he gets his own show because, <laughs> you know, Jack is not a G-rated character. So they gave him his own spinoff in Torchwood and Torchwood was decidedly more PG-13 than yes. the Doctor ever was. Yes. So yeah. since we've done this already before and we forgot or things went wrong. We're just going to jump into our segments. Yes, now. let's just do I'm it. I'm so sad because we really, it was so much We fun. were having a great we time really and were. like riffing off of each other as Damn we usually technology. do. But I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes yes. you have to re-record, but we do have, I think probably the bulk of it we still have. We so have you'll like get to hear. an hour. Yeah. So you'll get to hear, you'll get to hear that part of it. We're just doing the introduction again for you yes. guys. Yeah. So we're going to jump into our segments and our first one is Don't, Don't Blink. Blink. Here's the segment where we start, we, we talk about, um, how in this show we have to see things quickly mm-hmm. and what those things kind of mean. Yes. So this is where. <laughs> This is where we talk about how I have dubbed Captain Jack Sex Jesus. And I know that sounds sacrilegious, but hear me out. So the reason why I call Jack Sex Jesus is because, you know, back in the days of vacation Bible school, when you're a little kid, you hear the song, red and yellow, black and white, they are perfect and it's like Jesus loves the little children of the world, right? (laughs) So... For some reason, whenever I think about Jack, I think, you know, red and yellow, black and white, they're all sexy in his sight, right? (laughs) And so he has become sex Jesus in my mind, okay? He is the person who looks upon you and finds you beautiful and attractive and sexy, no matter who you are, no matter your background. Um, If you're more of a fan of Family Guy, you know, and you've never heard the uh, Jesus Loves the Little Children of the World, think about the episode where uh, Peter and Lois are in a folk band and they do that song, you know, like in God's eyes, everybody's hot, you know, (laughs) you know, think of the ugliest chick, you know, God would totally do her. Yes, that is that is Jack. He will find you beautiful, he'll find you attractive, and he'll find you totally doable, whoever you are. Yep. So I think from there, we're going to jump into our rest of our previously recorded episode. Yes, I think. I think that we have gotten you to the point where the actual recording will pick up. Yeah. And we're going to have our illustrious producer, Justin... (laughs) Splice those two together. Fix us, Justin. Fix it, Justin. <laughs> this is what happens when we decide that we are grown-ups and we can do this on our own. <laughs> but Justin is awesome and he will fix it for us. So now we take you back to the previously recorded version of Captain Jack Sex, Sex Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Um, to men and to women, to human and to alien alike. Right. And it's it's so, you know, when you see someone, like, because so much of this comes from Jack himself, yes. right? Like, we know that as a person, he is pan or omnisexual. Yes. yes. You know, we, we see this, he says it, he makes it very clear mm-hmm. that he's attracted to all. And that's him. And so when you put someone... <laughs> With access yes. to anybody across yes. time. Time and space. Space. Yeah. Like, you know, 
it's a good it's a good setup for him. It is. It's it a is. very good setup it for is. him. So you don't know, you know, like of course, you never want to really like it's stupid to try to talk about like causation of your own sexuality. That's right. stupid. But right. if there had to be a causation, it's you know, it like if you wanted to talk about causation, having access yeah. and already having the proclivity to do so That's right. could have just brought them all together into this perfect sex Jesus. Yeah. Into the perfect sex Jesus. Fifty <laughs> first century dude that by that time humanity has spread across um, the universe they've colonized different planets they've run into a whole bunch of different types of beings and so you know the labels that we have today even with the expanding labels we have um, that those labels had pretty much dissolved or been tossed aside by then because we had like Eugenia said, so much access to so many different types of beings um, throughout the universe and found ourselves attracted to quite a few of those mm-hmm. things. And I mean, so we even see that in um, the episode where we first meet the face of Bo. Spoiler, Jack is the face of Bo. <laughs> <laughs> or- for as far as as, as as far as we know, yes, as far as we know, as far as John Barrowman knows, That's right. and since he was he was Jack, Jack. so we assume, <laughs> and they're like it's yeah. Anyway, so Jack becomes the face of Bo. Eventually, how he becomes the face of Bo, we still have never found out. But when you see, <laughs> I guess that was called what the end of the world or the end of oh, um, what was the episode? The journey's called? end. Which one? The one where so oh, oh yeah, the end of the world. Yeah, the, the end the of the first world. time yes, we see him. Yes, yes, that first time that we see him, we know that humanity has um, mated with non-human beings mm-hmm. across the universe because they kind of talk about Cassandra being the last all human right. being ever <laughs> because the humans had colonized and mated with and become different across um time and space. And so, yeah. So by that time, everybody was kind of delving <laughs> outside of the rigid uh, kind of boxes that we have nowadays. Yes. So yeah, he was just a man of his time. Yes, and now all so. of our times. Yes, <laughs> but yes, he was the man so. of his, he was a man of his time. Right, and the the other thing that we notice about Jack <laughs> is is how how much you know his attraction to people is at the forefront yes and so like one of the first things you know you you see him racing up to people going hi captain jack harkness and it was just it was so funny because i was just watching this episode where instantly every single time he did that 10 was like stop "Stop it it." (laughs) stop it stop it He's like, what? I'm just saying hi. I just can't I say hi to anyone. Like, no, because we know what that's going to lead. You don't right. ever just say hi. Right. Like. And so, you know, the nice thing about seeing that, about mm. how consistent he is and how much it's not just that he's always thinking about sex, it's that it's not an issue yeah. to him. Yeah. Um it's really important to see because sex positivity is something or sex being sex positive is not something we we discuss yeah. a lot yeah. in in our society you know yeah. because of the tendency to shame people mm-hmm. for like being very open about their sexuality yes. like this is something that I'm very slowly starting to get to because as a first generation Chinese American mm-hmm. like this is an and an only child yeah. so I had like no one else to sort of bounce these ideas off of growing up like this is something that 
when I saw when someone like me yeah. sees someone like Jack, it, it kind of triggers something like, oh, sex isn't scary. Yeah. Sex isn't bad. Sex isn't evil. It's he's a good guy. We like him. He's charming. Right. He's fun. He's funny. Um, and he likes sex. So and he it must likes not sex. be it's that fine. bad. Yeah. yeah. And and like I come at it a little differently just in, just because like I see him as like a kindred spirit. So <laughs> I am very much the what you got going on. I like it. <laughs> Person like to pretty much everybody. <laughs> like I see what you're doing there and I'm digging it. Like I feel that way about most people. Um I am very much a hi Toya, nice to meet you. <laughs> Like Eugenia would have to be my stop it person. Stop it. Yeah. Because I, I, and I've always been that way, like from the time I was smaller, which, you know, it wasn't about sex or sexuality back then so much as it just was, I was a talker and I wanted to talk to everybody. I wanted to be up in everybody's face and figure out what you got going on. And then as I got older, that it became that it became more of a, Ooh, I like everybody type of feeling, <laughs> you know? And so, I'm very much a Jack-like character in that I don't have many boxes around who I would and would not be attracted to. And so I'm, I feel it. Like I like him. <laughs> I like him a lot because I'm like, word, we are kindred spirits. <laughs> we are very much kindred spirits. Um, and, and, but Eugene is totally right. That, that offers you a level of comfort. If you're a person who is a little more reticent about it, it makes it comfortable because the character says this isn't a big deal. And if you're a person who isn't more reticent, who is kind of out there with it, you feel like I'm represented here. This is a character that's kind of like me and it makes you feel more comfortable. So yeah, Jack is, he's a welcoming kind of warm character for me. Like he's a, he's an easy place to enter the Hoonerverse, <laughs> I, I think. Like he's very much like a, come on in. Aww. I'm gonna like you if nobody else does. <laughs> And we can, make, yes, we can make that very awe and sweet, or we can make it very bow chicka wow, which I think <laughs> is his intent. <laughs> yep, but sure. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. All right, are you my are mommy? you my mommy? Which is so appropriate, seeing as that is where he enters the universe, yeah. is the Are You My Mummy episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, in this segment, we always talk about the representation of families and family structures. And so we want to talk about Jack and what you see of his family um, or his family type groups. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, on Who itself, on Doctor Who itself, you really don't see much of Jack's family or family structure. You know, he's not the central character as the Doctor, and he's not an actual companion, so he's not quite as well-developed. Um yeah. Given as much background as some of the other characters. Yeah. And I know that we've gotten questions before about like, which Jack are you talking about? Yes. Who Jack or Torchwood yes. Jack? And the, the trouble with that is that we, we want him to be the same character because mm -hmm. what we get in, um, what we get in who is, is I don't know that I would say that anything, well, 
that more, like, so more of what we understand Jack to be, mm-hmm. we see in Torchwood. Yes. Yeah. Than we see in, in, in Who. Yes. Um, just because, you know, for whatever reason, they decided he needed his own show. Yeah. And so you see more of who he is, his interactions with people, his past. Yes. There. Yeah. In Torchwood. Yeah. And so for me, I'm not necessarily willing to divorce his two characters in Who and yeah, in same. Torchwood because same. we just don't see that yeah. much of him. Like, and he is the same. He's the same person. He's yeah. the same character. It's like one quarter of him you see in Who and three fourths yes. you see in, in Torchwood. Torchwood. And I'd want to talk about yes. him in and its so, entirety. Yeah. So this episode is about Jack. And so we're going to have to delve right. into Torchwood as well. Um, and we're, we're trying to kind of identify where we're talking about things that were discussed in Torchwood versus where things were discussed in Doctor Who proper. But I don't think we're going to be able to be that particular about it because so much of his background comes out in Torchwood and kind of influences the way you think about him and how he showed up in Doctor Who. So for those of you who have not seen Torchwood, watch it. Um, yep. uh, but we, yeah, so we're talking about Jack, the character. Yes. As in his entirety. So that's going to include some of the stuff that we found yes. out through Torchwood. Right. And so in Torchwood, we actually get to see his family. Yes. In, in every sense of the word. Yeah. You know, even if we could say he's kind of, he's kind of the uncle yeah, on, on who, like he kind of rolls in, entertains everyone yep, and then and leaves, leaves out. out. Yeah. yeah. He's the fan. <laughs> he's like the fascinating uncle who like travels and yes. comes back with fun gifts and yes. leaves again. Yeah. <laughs> that's who he is on who. But when we see him on Torchwood, we see him with both his work family yeah. and, his, and actual his actual family. family. Yep. So his his work family we see as being his team that we've already mentioned. Right. Um, and so his relationship with them is very much, I, I see it very much partially as a sort of paternal Yeah, it's paternal, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, the only thing that makes me go, okay, maybe less so um, is his relationship with Ianto. Yes. Which is a little, I'm, I'm sure it's a very rich tapestry as actually. Yeah. Relationship, but it's yeah. I mean, well, maybe they're the parents, new, yeah. Because Ianto does like yeah, his job is to of, take care of them. That's really. true. He's yeah. kind of the caretaker. He's yeah. the he's the office manager. Yeah, he's the he's I wouldn't say janitor. That's no, uh, but yeah, he's the guy who makes sure. Yeah, he run. the office manager is yeah, good. Office yeah, manager. That, that's okay. the right title. Yeah, I think. so maybe like maybe that's their role. They're but, kind of the parenting yeah, roles. Yeah, yeah. But aside from that, like you know, Jack very much is like the, the both the figurehead of mm-hmm. Torchwood mm-hmm. and the one who keeps it running to yes. the point that in the time where he I forget if he just disappeared or he died mm-hmm. um, like I think between season one and two like they were just sort of like ah, what do we do now yeah. we fix things we're just seeing if there's spikes coming out right. of the rift that's kind of it like that's all we can kind of do without Jack you know because yeah. he kind of he kind of he keeps, ran things yeah, yeah he keeps everything running um, and so you I I love I really really love his um, so I I guess they made they we're kind of introducing I'm trying to remember now so when they introduced Gwen like we we yes. come into the series with Gwen with Gwen yeah um, and so we almost we see their attraction a little bit there because mm-hmm. you know it's Jack it's and Jack you know on both ends he's yep. gonna be attracted and they're gonna be attracted to him right um, and so there's a little bit of attraction there's mystery there um, but as 
as things sort of proceed with him and Gwen, I almost see a kind of like, um, like a, like it really becomes like a working relationship. Yes. They become yes. that sort of detective duo mm-hmm. that we see so much in those British mystery shows. Yes. You know? And so that's great to see. My favorite character and my favorite relationship on the show is his relationship with Tosh because mm. he's so parental with her. Yeah. And I love Tosh so much because, you know, we rarely ever get East Asian characters that yeah. we actually are, that are made important by the shows yes. that they're in. Yeah. So it's so great to see her. And then she's just such a sympathetic character to begin with. Yeah. And the fact that the way she even joined Torchwood was in an attempt to save her mother, you know, yeah. to begin with. And then so she ends up with this, you know, relationship like she was about to just be content to rot in jail until mm-hmm. Jack came and grabbed her. You yep. know, it's just sort of, uh, it's amazing. And then, his relationships with with um, Owen, Owen that we see, it's, yeah. it's more like a friend kind yeah. of relationship. But, you know, they're very much this found family. Yes. And that's so great to see, you yeah. know. And to see not only a found family, but to see him at the center of it mm-hmm. is so important because we see this pansexual, omnisexual character um, as the reason they're all there. Yeah, yeah. And that's so He's great. He's nucleus. And yes. it's so cool. It Because on Doctor Who, he is part of the Doctor's found family, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And so to see, yeah, to see him being the central character um, in his own show and then having that group of people around him um, is something is something beautiful to see. Yes. I just had a flash of the, uh, the vision of the Doctor's hand. I know. <laughs> For some reason, like I just That's flashed much, on the doctor's hand. You know there. that happens. They flash it in the show yes, so much. Right. It's sort of like burned into our memories. Yes. Like. Oh, ten. Oh. Um. So, in addition to his Torchwood team family, mm-hmm. um, we we do also see his actual yeah. family. Yeah. We see his brother. And who? His father? His father yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't remember if we ever see his mother. So we see I don't remember them. seeing his mother. Yeah. So I guess in his youth, um, the Boshing yes. Peninsula gets attacked. Yes. And so he's trying to run either to or away from the explosions mm-hmm. um, with his father. Yes. And his father sends him back saying, no, go, go, go. look after your yes. brother. And he loses his brother. Yes. Uh, oh, and he loses his father. Yes. Too, eventually. And yeah. And eventually winds up with no family. Yes. Yeah. Gray was Gray. his brother's name, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And so, um, we see, oh, poor, poor Jack. Poor Jack. So we see Gray come back. Yeah. Um, and we see that the years that he has spent, um, in captivity, mm-hmm. uh, not in captivity, what as a captor, as a captor, yeah. um, for of the the people that were attacking them have really, really done a number, yeah, yeah, and so um, we do see um, very much this very broken relationship mm-hmm. um, where when Gray comes back, he blames Jack yeah, for like everything. You left me, yes, yeah, and wants to seek revenge by. Killing Jack, yeah, once, essentially. Yeah, want to harm think, you. I think he doesn't know that Jack is immortal when he... Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, so he um, he tries to to kill his brother yeah. and take his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, take, you know, the life he had with Torchwood. Yes. Um, and I think he actually tried to kill his team, too, and possibly succeeded. I can't remember the order of things. Because I think he's the one who ends up killing Tosh and... Oh, um, yeah. And Owen. Oh, I have to go back and watch yeah. Torchwood all I over just, again. I most recently watched 
that season okay yeah um but yeah so he is in in some way instrumental for two of his team members yes but jack is so excited to see his brother of course that he just embraces him yeah like even though he knows he's he means him awful yes he means him ill he does not mean you well no at all (laughs) um and like but he still embraces him because he wants his family so bad and he carries the guilt of losing gray so much and this is the thing like one of the things that we keep talking about um in the characters that the show doesn't seem to care about or Mm. cares less than we want them to care about is how often they don't have any family ties. Yes. yes. They have no family. So we, we see this with Danny. We mm-hmm. see this with Mickey. Yep. Um, and it's so great to see a character that could be a marginalized character because, mm-hmm. you know, an omnisexual character is, you know, very often not, yes. not centered and very often just sort of floats in yep. to entertain. And so we see him not only centered, we see family. Yeah. Around he's him. given a family. Right. Yeah. And this is something that I'm so glad that we had Torchwood for. Yeah. Cause otherwise we would have seen, we would not no have family. known. Yeah. We wouldn't have known this about him. And so Torchwood would allowed us the opportunity to flesh Jack out as a right. character. Um, yes, in, in family structure, in relationship structure, because of course, he does have his actual blood relatives that we see, but the found family that he has, and he actually gets to have a partner. He yes. gets to have a romantic relationship with Yanto. Um, and so we get to see him kind of all around, like a fully fleshed character with a work life and a home life and a family. And, you know, he becomes not just a peripheral, you know, not a peripheral character, but very much a centralized character. Although one of the things that I was saying earlier is that I feel like, although we see him with his life outside of work, meaning his romantic partner and his family and so forth, it felt like Jack never had a home. Right. So on Torchwood, you see the other folks actually go home. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Gwen has a home, Tosh has a home, Owen has a home. Um, and Jack is just always there. Um, and, and somehow that kind of is not off putting, but it, it, it makes me a little sad for Jack yeah. that he doesn't have a place away from his workplace right. that belongs to him. Like we never see him just kind of cozy and right. at home. Yeah. And so like, it makes you wonder how much he's defined himself. Yes. By, by what his, yeah, by yeah, his work. He lives there. His partner is yes, there, yes. you know, like, and, and so it's very interesting because you wonder, you know, for an immortal, mm. like for someone like, cause one of the things that you always see, um, you know, in, in any sort of fantasy that has immortals is that the things that they end up caring about yes. because they have so long to think about what's important <laughs> yeah. in life, they yeah. care about relationships, yes. you know? And so it's, it's really something that makes you think about him and where he is in his life, you know, that he's still so committed to his work that everything of his is about, is about it. Yeah. yeah. It's just very interesting to me. And I don't know that, like, I don't know that either, like, I don't know that we're going to get any like, um, like answers or not answers, yeah. but like, you know, uh, like of 
outside of just looking into essentially fanfic, mm-hmm. you know, like out of the, the extended Doctor Who universe to see what happens to him after Torchwood. Yes, yeah. Like, we're not going to see that. We're never going to see really what happened to him before Doctor Who, before yes, encountering yeah. the Doctor, except in flashbacks in, um, in, uh, in Torchwood. In Torchwood, yeah. So, like, it's, it's interesting to wonder, you know, of the whole, like, um, you know, like, how work like how it was and how much of his life as an immortal he spent caring about everything to do yeah. with Torchwood and the Doctor. You yeah. Know? It's just interesting. Yeah. But you know, it still it still makes him an interesting figure. Oh in yeah, he's show. definitely interesting. And, you know, in my mind it just gives more opportunity for him to come back. Yeah. And explore the character some more. Um although I think now, you know, if well Jack is supposed to be immortal, mm-hmm. but Jack does age. Right. Because I thought to myself, well, like, John Barrowman is older and, you know, like, he's sporting the gray hair now or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But no, like, Jack does, he ages. He just <laughs> ages more slowly. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like we could still do it. Like, yeah. we could still, we could bring Captain Jack back and yeah. he could be a sexy silver fox. Yeah. Let's talk about oh, it. Oh, man. Like, oh, man. Yes. Like, <laughs> Like, I really, I really would love to see that. I'd love to see what Chibnall could do with yes. the character um, and what it would be like to have Jack flirting with the female doctor now. Um, if they would be more likely to explore the idea of something between Jack and right. the doctor, if the doctor is in a woman's body, right. this go around. And like, even though we f- like with the end of Torchwood, we feel we we get the sense that we see the end of Jack's life. Yeah, yeah. Um, we know that he's supposed to be the face of Bo. Yeah, so he does exist. He yeah. continues on eventually. Right. So right, and so yeah, like they could find a reason to bring Jack. Yeah, back. I think so too. They really could. I think so. And like for me, like like I don't see any reason for any character not to return in Doctor Oh, Who. yeah, no. Like, even if they're dead. Yeah, because <laughs> there's so many... Died. Like, uh, with having all access to all of time and space, there's just no reason to say, well, this... Pa- we just went back into the past, and yeah. that's why they're still here. Like, yeah. you know, no. There, there are reasons to bring everybody back. And yeah. I really would like to see some of those characters who were important to the previous Doctors kind of brought you know, into this iteration of the doctor, just because I'd like to see her interact with them. So yes. I would love to see Jack. Of course, I want to see River yes. because I want to see the doctor's wife. Um, but I would love to see any of the old companions, like kind of alongside um, this, except for Clara. Don't no, feel, please, don't feel the need to bring don't. Clara. But we, we're fine. We're fine. We're totally mm-hmm. fine with her. Um but yeah, it would it would be lovely to see um, any of the older characters coming yeah. back. But let's not get sidetracked into talking about, because I could do that forever, talking yes. about what I hope will happen with Jody's version of the Doctor. So. All right. So let's briefly cover the face of Bo and his yes. family. Yes. His okay. possible family. His possible family. So... Of course, we we know if you follow the um, if you follow the story that Jack eventually becomes the face of Bo. They do not talk about how he becomes the face of Bo or even why. Um, but you see Jack telling Martha and the doctor um, and it's in a, a throwaway line 
which leaves Martha and the doctor kind of open mouthed because they know who the face of Bo is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of a throwaway line where he talks about what being a model as a kid yes. or something like that. And he says something like the face of Bo is what they called me and kind of like it's just a throwaway thing. Right. But we have seen the the face of Bo in more than one um, more than one <laughs> episode um and the face of Bo is kind of a large disembodied head for those of you who have not seen him he exists in a kind of big glass tube thing um and he has tendrils little balls on the end and he communicates telepathically so you don't really see him talking um but you can hear him um in your head and so the face of Bo is uh supposedly millions of years old um, and in the episode, which is like the new, the new New York or whatever, like it's not called the cat hospital, yes. but it's always what I call it. <laughs> like, so in the cat hospital episode, you see the face of Bo and they talk about how he's ill and he's dying or whatever, but he's so old. Um, and you know, he's singing such ancient songs. And I was telling Eugenia about the meme or something I saw where they're saying, you know, he's singing such ancient songs. And then they show the face of Bo singing, hit me baby one more time. Like, <laughs> and I was like cracking over the idea of like Jack singing like my loneliness is killing me because of course Jack would be somebody like, but the face of Bo is this old stately, you know, supposed to be so mysterious and ancient character. And like somewhere in that, in the face of Bo's mind, there's still Jack Harkness. Like that would be hysterical to me. And we're yeah. wondering if he was like telling dirty jokes yeah. and nobody got them and all that <laughs> kind of stuff because they're outside of his time and they don't know that he's Jack Harkness. They'd just be nodding and going, ooh, that's oh, so deep, deep profound. He's so and he's like, what? Like he's like, there once was a girl from Nantucket. And they're like, yes, profound. Okay. <laughs> he's making like sex jokes. Yes. But, but so. The face of Bo apparently um, at some point has children um, and we don't know how the face of Bo has children because as far as we know, he was the only one like him. So how did the face of Bo reproduce? How did the face of Bo have babies? But eventually we there's a, a, a race of people who are <laughs> Bo kind. kind. So... How did that happen? Yes. Like we we were imagining like the tendrils, like the little balls and ends of the tendrils popping off and yes. becoming like a whole other face of Bo. <laughs> um Yeah, but we don't I don't think we really know um how the face of Bo um reproduces, but we do know that he does because at some point during the first season there is a reference to the face of Bo being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um and Jack himself says in Torchwood, I believe, you know, that he's never going to be pregnant again. Like he says something like, at least I won't be pregnant. I'm never doing that again. Mm-hmm. So we do know that Jack himself, before he became the face of Bo, had been pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then the face of Bo becomes pregnant mm-hmm. at some point. So <laughs> Jack has been pregnant at least twice. Um, and where are those kids? Like, yeah. and who are those kids? Well, and so I haven't actually seen the Children of Earth series yet. Okay. Um, because I just, I peed off at so, some point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the, the fourth series of yeah. Torchwood. And so I was reading up on it and it's, it does seem like there was some mention of Jack's kids. Yeah. However that happened, I don't know yet. If you guys want to tell us, yeah, we'll pl- watch we it will, eventually. Yeah. And, and, 
we'll get into it eventually. But yeah, I would sure feel free to tell us how Jack had kids or who they are if there yes. was any information given about them that we don't know. I really wonder what he'd be like as a dad. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. I feel like he'd be the fun dad who was probably not very responsible, no. like letting you eat whatever you want and come and go as you please and you don't have bedtime. Like mm-hmm. he'd be that kind of uh father. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that makes it very interesting for like the the topic of gender and gender mm-hmm. expression because if if Jack himself he's presenting as male um but if Jack himself had been pregnant at this point men cannot be pregnant um well mm, <laughs> trans men can mm-hmm. be pregnant right. so yeah how 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 does that happen? Yeah. We don't know. And and Jack again is from the fifty first century, and this is after the human, the humankind has been exploring the universe. And so, as Eugenia and I were talking about before we started recording, what would space and time have done to the evolution of the human body? Mm-hmm. Um, would we have gotten to a point where it would have been possible for Jack? And other, you know, male presenting beings to have been pregnant right. and so forth and so on. And so we don't know. Like, right. we don't know enough about how um, we would have changed as a species mm-hmm. um, and how he would have gotten pregnant. Nor do we know enough about the face of Bo, although the face of Bo has no body. Like, he's just <laughs> a head. So how would that, like, at least we know Jack has all his function and parts, right? I, I really loved imagining, like, how like maybe the face of Bo's head wasn't like really that big, but it was something like he'd he'd swum swam like up close to the mirror or something. And made <laughs> the rest thing. of his or body is behind the glass him. or yes. something. No. And I kept trying to make it work, and it just was not working. What if he looks like what are those things called like Funko? Like yeah, and he's like just a, a huge <laughs> head, but there's like a tiny little body under there this somewhere. Funko Pop figurines. <laughs> Like maybe there's like a tiny little legs and body underneath there. We just don't see it. Like, I I don't know. Um, But I think that would be so interesting. I would love to know the backstory of that. I yeah. would love to get into. I'm sure there's all kinds of fanfic out there oh, about sure. how this is possible. And now I feel like I want to go find it. Um, So, yeah, if you guys know of any, please feel free to add us and like. Point us in the direction of the fanfic about how Jack winds winds up pregnant um, and or the face of Bo winds up pregnant. Like, I would really love to see what you guys (laughs) have thought about that. If this gives you any inspiration to write some fanfic, Mm -hmm. we would love that as well. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, feel free. Feel free to uh, point us in the direction. All right. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our final and perhaps most appropriate. Oh, for Jack. Absolutely. Yeah. Alan Z. Alonzo. Alan Z. Alonzo segment is all about uh, sex and sexuality. <laughs> so, of course, it is the most appropriate Jack, um, the most appropriate Jack category. But also, um, it was named after <laughs> Alonzo, who um, Alan Z. Alonzo was actually something the doctor says as he runs into Alonzo in one of the episodes. So we know that 10 is the one who would say Alan Z um, when they were off to do things, right? And then he meets Alonzo, who's like a young soldier or something. He was, I think he was one of the, like a first mate or something on yes. the Titanic. Okay. So- I think. So he meets Alonzo and he says something like, I've always wanted to say this. And he goes, Alonzo, Alonzo. So that's how we came up with it because 
as 10 is rounding out his life and he is going back to revisit those who were important to him um, and kind of get some closure, we see him introduce Jack and Alonzo. And it's a very kind of a subtle like, hey, look right there. Like like a little nod in Alonzo's <laughs> direction. Um, and so we see him, the, his final parting gift to Jack is found you a dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that dude is Alonzo. So yes. this is how we wound up with the sexuality segment being called Alonzi Alonzo. Yeah. Um, and I often think of Alonzo and Jack and hope that they had a really good time. As a result, I'm sure they did. did. I'm sure they did. Yes. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is prime time for us. This is, this is after dark. (laughs) Jack after dark. (laughs) So we are going to be discussing his relationships. Yeah. And it's very interesting. So we know, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion about bi representation, Mm. uh, pansexual representation, Mm -hmm. omnisexual representation, and how often they get it wrong or not representation but erasure yes like how often they're just erased and one of the most important aspects of jack's character to Mm. me at least and especially as being a pansexual character is Mm -hmm. that he's attracted to everybody yes but you see him have relationships with men yes exactly that's so important like honestly because there's so many misconceptions about bisexuality about pansexuality Mm -hmm. about like you know you're attracted to everyone but you only date this gender so that means that you must be actually gay or you're actually straight and like no like yeah yeah and and that's exactly right that is that is um erasure of somebody's actual uh lived experience and um actual sexuality to say well if i've only seen you having relationships with men then that must mean you're gay must not mean you're bi but you can't see who someone is attracted to. Now, for Jack, you can see it because Jack is much more outward about saying, hey, what's going on? Everybody. But in reality, on a day-to-day basis, you would not know that a woman is bisexual if you see her and she's married to a man. And so you just assume that that's a heterosexual woman, even though this is a bisexual woman who happens to be in a relationship with somebody of the opposite sex. Right, and it's so crazy to me because, like, you know... (laughs) You can only, like, the time you see someone is that day. Yes. You know? Yes. You don't see them You don't know what the rest of their life life. is. Yeah. So, I mean, even, so, like, you know, there's so many misconceptions about bi. Like, Mm. are you going to be in a relationship with a man and a woman at the same (sighs) time? Like, no. Like, that. That's something different. That's that's, that's different. Poly. That's polyamory. Or, yeah, that's something. That's else. having an open relationship. Yeah, or open relationship. Mm-hmm. That is something else entirely that can overlay right. um, bi or pansexuality, but doesn't always. Right. Yeah. And so even if you are in a poly relationship and you are bi, mm-hmm. whenever you saw them, depending on which gender partner yeah. they were with, you would say, "Oh, they must be. They must be uh, straight. They yes. must be homosexual." Yes. Like, Yes, you and you wouldn't know. know. Yes, you wouldn't know. And so, like, it's not something that people wear <laughs> on the outside of them uh, most times. Um, but I thought, I thought that was representative of erasure to some degree, but also very important because there are people who make choices like that, right? So there are people who are attracted to both same gender and, um, another gender of person who 
who would be then bisexual or pansexual, however they chose to identify. And yet they only choose to be with in romantic relationship, a particular gender of person, right? So, you know, you could be a bisexual person who is attracted to both men and women and have decided for whatever reason, I'm only going to be in relationship with men. That does not though mean that you're now a gay man. It just means that you're a bisexual man who has only had boyfriends. Like that's really all it is. Right. And so, you know, I was telling Eugenia in my case, like people just assume oh, she must be straight. She's been married to a man. And I was (laughs) like, I've been married to a man. But that doesn't mean that I'm attracted only to men. It just means that this particular relationship was with a man and that I've had other relationships with men. That does not, though, mean that you know everything about my attraction and who I'm attracted to. Like Mm -hmm. you cannot ascribe or proscribe someone's sexuality based on who you see them with. Right. Um, and so it's very important to note that while Jack is only seen in romantic partnership with men, that does not take away from the fact that he is clearly sexually attracted to women. Right. Um, and so we just wanted to have put a pen on that and put an <laughs> asterisk and say, let's not erase any parts of Jack's sexuality he is in fact attracted to everybody Mm -hmm. we just only happen to have seen him in a romantic relationship with men and again jack has lived by the end of his life millions of years Mm -hmm. right so we have no idea how many other people or beings he had been in relationship with by then he Mm -hmm. might have had many relationships with women we just don't happen to see them right um during the time period of Doctor Who and Torchwood. So we don't want to erase the part of him that is pretty much a yes sexual. (laughs) Like he is a yes yes sex. Um, (laughs) I I laugh at that because that you, that tends to be my answer when people like ask me about um, my sexuality. I usually just say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes sex. (laughs) That's my sexuality. Yes sexual. Yes, I'm a yes sexual. Yeah, like you're like sex and i'm like yes <laughs> there you go <laughs> yes. so let's uh let's dive into his relationship so we've yes. already touched on his relationship with uh Ianto Ianto. Mm-hmm. and so um the way their relationship started essentially the, like you know even how they met each other was wasn't Yanto he was in like some Torchwood Academy or something like yes. that. So he was yeah. training to be mm-hmm. uh to work at Torchwood. Yes. Um and then saw Jack and was like, I want this one. Yeah. I want this Torchwood and I want this director. Because why not? Yes. I would also say yes. that. Yeah. And so they end up having yes. what seems like a very strong relationship. Yes. Yeah. Um and it's very interesting how often we see them um like in together in the ways that people are together and you can yes. tell. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, so yeah. funny to me. Um like how much so me and my husband like um we one of our favorite things to do because we're both nerdy, we go to um we go to a video game store a mm-hmm. lot. Like a specific one. And so, like, at this point, we've gotten to know a lot of the people that mm-hmm. work there. But, like, way before, like, we used to just walk in and um, people, like, 
would somehow know that we were together, even though like we'd come in together, we'd go to separate ends of the store because that's just, I like these things, he likes those mm-hmm. things. But I remember at some point hearing a cashier say, oh yeah, like talk it over with the wife. And we mm-hmm. weren't even married at that point, but you can tell yes, when people yes. are together. Yeah. And that's one of the things I really love about um, Jack and Ianto. You can tell they're together, mm-hmm. even if it's not like explicit yeah. that they yeah. are, like they are not openly holding hands and yeah, kissing. kissing. Yeah. But you know they're together. You know they're in a relationship. Yes. By the way, you know, there are small things. There are small tells. The way people care for other folks, the way they kind of, you know, seek their counsel when they're making decisions or those kinds of things. Like you can tell. There are small ways you can tell when people are, are in partnership, even yeah. if, like you say, they don't have to be making out for you. Right. <laughs> For you to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, sometimes the little things are even bigger tells yes. than the making out. Although if you're making out, I'm going to assume that y'all are at least to have some kind <laughs> of relationship. Yeah, yeah. Although it doesn't always mean that. That's you true. could be like, I don't know this person. I don't even know what her first name is. She was just hot and I decided to make out. So, yes. But yes, we don't we don't see as much, you know, overtly romantic things but there are you know it's quite clear that they are in a relationship with one another yeah which is the exact opposite of jack's relationship with his ex yeah captain john somebody or other whose name i can't hurt john hart john hart that's what makes me so confused not john hurt john hurt john hart somebody else yes um that's the war doctor yes yeah john hurt yeah (laughs) i was like oh r.i.p um yeah so uh so we see like literally they meet mm-hmm. we we know that they have a history mm-hmm. they fight and then they make out and it presumably leads to sex yeah, yeah. um even when we see it yeah. So, um, so yes. So Captain John Hart. Yeah. Is an ex of his that is also time, co- not time cop, time, time agent. Um, who <laughs> not is, time cop. No, not time cops. Um, who is similarly to Jack also dressed in some sort of period yeah. overcoat, which yeah. I loved actually. Look great on him. They I do. want one. Yeah. It's like always looks good. <laughs> yes. Always looks good. And, um, he was played in the show by James Marsters, yes. who was Spike from Buffy. Oh, so handsome. Why is he so handsome? I just he don't is. Even know. Like, just sexy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're but not anyways, going to get, yes. we're not going so, to get pulled into that. Yeah. So we see him almost kind of as a counterpoint to, yes. to Jack's relation to, to Ianto. Yes. Because Ianto, him and Ianto have that very stable, very real relationship. Yeah. And then he and John have yeah. clearly that sort of fire and yeah, water it's abusive. relationship. Yeah. It's so abusive. It's abusive. And so, um, we see several times within Torchwood, John Hart come back, John come back into Jack, this is going to be difficult. John and Jack, yes, especially because John Barrowman plays Jack, yes, and because Jack is a nickname for John, right? So, Captain (sighs) John, Captain John, when he comes back, we see both times he's there to manipulate and get something out of Jack, yes. And so, we clearly, even the first time, even though Jack, um. Jack's interactions with him the first time are much more positive than the second time yeah. because clearly the first time had to happen first yes. and the second time it was like no 
You're not allowed. Um, but yeah, so the first time, like, you can still see that they have a history. You can mm-hmm. still see that Jack at least is interested. Well, you know that John is interested, but you see that Jack has interest back. Yes. Um, until he tries to double, triple, quadruple qu- cross him however mm. many times in that one episode. Yeah. And so it's clear that, like, from that, that this is kind of the last straw. Yeah. You know, especially because he brought his family into it. Mm-hmm. So John heart showing up trying to manipulate jack getting his putting his family his Torchwood family at risk yes and then later on coming back with his actual family too that's too much that's so so manipulative Mm -hmm. and so um you know it's it's so hard to identify emotional abuse you know Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that you know when you see it right and so even though clearly he and john hart jack and john hart have sexual chemistry mm-hmm. it's very much uh, emotionally oh yeah it's emotionally abusive and it it's a very important thing to show because you can show that you can have chemistry you can actually have love for one another and it still be a completely bad and inappropriate and hurtful relationship and not something you want to stay in um and for me it's important to show that between two men because often you see that between a man and a woman and yes. you see you see the man being the abusive partner towards a woman and she kind of being the one who like takes the abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, it says something for representation to show that these kinds of issues happen in all kinds of setups of relationships and mm-hmm. that you can have, you know, abusive partners even between two men. Um, and that it doesn't have to be that the other partner was weak or yeah. so forth where, you know, something like this would happen and would take place. And and to see Jack, you know, stand up under it and kind of like, I'm not going to allow this to continue. Like, those are important things to see. Those are, you know, important stories um, to tell. But that, you know, I have been the person who... Um, in the past, always thought that, you know, the best relationship was one that came with lots of passion, yeah. you know, so there would be lots of, you know, very loud and boisterous arguments, and then lots of very good makeup sex, <laughs> you know, and, and, and thought that that was the sign of love, right. you know, that this is this person loves me because they're really passionate about me. Um, And it came with maturity and age that you get to the point where you're like, this is not what you want out of life for there to be constant ups and downs. Like you're constantly either really fighting or, you know, having the makeup sex from the huge fight that you just had. Like nobody wants to live your entire life like that. Um, and so I think that that, that's a very grown up thing to see in Jack that this is the, you know, the tempestuous, passionate, you know, sexually charged relationship you had. And that was not good for you. You Mm -hmm. now have a loving and stable and caring relationship, which is a much better option. You know, although it doesn't come with all the whiz bang and it doesn't look as fiery, Mm -hmm. um, that there's something to be said for, you know, stable and comfortable and, you know, something that doesn't come with a whole lot of drama. Like there's something to be said <laughs> for removing the drama from your life. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Jack learned. And what is it about James Marsters that he seems to be the character who brings that kind of drama to every show he's in? That him? he's in so like, like he's some re- dramatic ass relationship right. in every I don't know how yeah. it is. Like it really does seem like every like he is just always going to have a city and Nancy relationship mm. like and because that's how they described him in Buffy is that um, him and oh god what is her name 
uh, whatever her name was, I forget. Uh, I am totally blanking. Anyways, Drusilla. So him and Drusilla on Buffy were very much supposed to be that Sid and Nancy relationship. Mm -hmm. And so he was clearly the Sid in that relationship. And then he's also the Sid with Jack. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, is it him? It's something about the characters being typecast, maybe, but... Yeah. yeah. And then it's just something about the way he looks too. Like he just yeah. looks like the kind of person. Like, but yeah, no. My God. Cheekbones. Yeah. Cheekbones and jawline. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> just handsome. All right. We're moving on <laughs> We're from that. We're moving on. So I think like that's, that's kind of a, and this is the thing that, that is the best. Like this, this kind of thing is what makes me happy that we were able to make this episode mm. that fully discusses all of the nuances. Yes. All of the aspects of a, of a LGBTQ character's yes. life. Yes. And that's what's so, it makes me very happy that for all of its faults that the Hooniverse yeah. got this one right. <laughs> yeah, it made room for this one. Yes. Um, it made room for a fully fleshed out queer character. Yes. Um, and that says, it says a whole lot for a show that was, you know, that's supposedly a kid show, mm-hmm. um, that they would have this character, they would develop this character and even love this character so much that they gave him his own show, yes. you know, so... Yeah, it's Yay. really nice to see as one of the unstraight to see <laughs> <laughs> to see the kindred represented. Yes. It's always very nice to see. So, you know, all hail Captain Jack. Yes. We love him so much. John Barrowman, if all you're out hail there. Sex Jesus. Oh praise sex Jesus. <laughs> praise sex Jesus. <laughs> yes. Feel free to uh put that in your Twitter bio. <gasps> John. <laughs> We love you, and we hope you wind up back uh, on the TARDIS for this 13th version of The Doctor. We'd love to see you again. Yes. All right. So I think we have wrapped up everything we want to say about Captain Jack, at least for this episode. But Mm -hmm. you know he's going to come up Mm -hmm. again because we love him so much. So since we've talked about him and all of his aspects... I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But we have to. Yep. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when we're like whispering and making faces at each other across the table. I'm like, what? Eugenia's solely trying to tell me something that (laughs) that we have to pause for the sound effect. Oh, right. (laughs) I feel like at some point, Justin should just like dub them in under. Right. Like whatever, whatever. whatever. Just keep talking. You'll hear, you'll hear the thing underneath. Okay. We can do that again. All right. That's why our next segment is, are Are you you my my mommy? mommy? All right. So, We are professionals. <laughs> All right. This is a very classy and well produced podcast. Well produced, yes. Classy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my God. So back on task. Yeah. Are, are you my mommy segment is how is where we talk about um the representation of